When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. The one thing that I always say is a quote, and it goes, waiting is not a wealth strategy. And so I think that a lot of times we're waiting around for the right opportunity for for whatever reason. It might be, you know, we're waiting on the kids to grow up and get out the house. We're waiting for the next raise that we're going to get at the job. We're waiting, waiting, waiting for whatever the thing is. And I feel like waiting is just rooted in fear. You cannot ever succeed unless you just jump off the cliff and just make it happen. You you jump off the cliff and you just build your parachute on the way down, which I've heard Steve Harvey say so many times, but it's so true. Um, Because what normally happens is when when you're waiting on the right opportunity, and I use right in air quotes, something else happens when that moment comes. What's for you is for you. When is for you? 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 Welcome to Wow Black, a seriously opinionated podcast bringing you the real and raw on anything happening while black. If black culture's there, we're there. If you're pissed or empowered, then let's talk about it. Ride with us on this all-black everything. Everybody, welcome back to Wild Black. Welcome back, welcome back, people. You've got Vince with you today. Art back in the building once again. And if you've been listening for a while, which I'm sure you have, you already know, we, we go into all type of topics, all type of things that we don't know anything about half the time. And today is absolutely no different. Today... Uh, my wife would be proud. Today, we're going into natural hair care. Not everyday hair care, but natural hair care. Let me go ahead and introduce our guest today. Today's guest is Gwen Jameer. Gwen is a mother and a gifted visionary. She's the force and the power behind the Naturalicious brand, which can be found in Ulta, Whole Foods, and Sally Beauty stores. Her mission has been to eliminate the frustration that people have with their hair by creating easy-to-use products, saving 20 hours a month. I don't know if that's good or bad. It sounds like a lot. I could use 20 hours. Now, Gwen is highly respected in the industry and has received many distinctions, including being named one of the 100 most influential African-Americans in the U.S., listed as a top 10 businesswoman in Michigan, and listed as a Crane's 40 Under 40 honoree. In addition, and this is, this is super dope to me, in addition, she is the first African-American woman to hold a patent for a natural hair care product. Queen, welcome to Wild Black. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super thrilled to be here. Absolutely. Tell the people just a little bit more about yourself. Well, you mentioned a lot. I am a mother. I am uh, a business owner, a founder. I'm a leader. Um, But beyond that, I am someone who is on a mission to help women, particularly women of color, show up as their best selves every single day. My whole goal is to create products and services so that when they look at themselves in the mirror, they see something that they absolutely adore. They find joy in looking at themselves and really truly feeling like I woke up like this. And um, everything that we do is to help them feel their absolute most brilliantly beautiful bomb self. I love that. I really thought you were about to jump into Beyonce's I Woke Up Like This. I was ready for it. I should have. Go ahead. <laughs> hey, the floor is yours. Go ahead. Right. <laughs> Let me get, get, get the background music. <laughs> we always ready for singing. A <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, little known fact about me is that years ago, I actually thought I was going to be a singer. Oh, and, so that means um, we can expect something today. Uh, no, 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 no. You can't expect nothing today. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> not today. Not little, today. Little, little known but, fact. That's one of the wild <laughs> black <laughs> shit questions. <laughs> no. <laughs> you got to catch me when I'm in the mood, when I'm in the zone. But no, Norm, I actually had a whole, I had a manager. I had a whole mixtape. I, I, I auditioned for America Idol, made it to the third round. But um, yeah, no, I don't do that anymore. My calling is actually my my 
whole purpose and what brings me joy every day is what I'm doing right now. But I did think you could not tell me any different that I was not going to be a, a music superstar. It wasn't until I actually had my first mini tour that I realized oh, you, that I did not like that. Oh, it was for real. Yeah, yeah. I was dead serious. And I did not, I did not enjoy it. I did not enjoy singing the same thing every night. I, it just wasn't my jam. So I have resorted mm-hmm. to being a shower singer and a car singer, and I do that pretty good. But being on the road and all that kind of stuff, that's not, that's not for Green, me. I just want to say that I'm sure right now, one of our listeners, at least one, probably several, have the shower on. I think that gives you plenty of room. <laughs> Let oh, no, I woke no, up like that. Go ahead. No, 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 and, no, no. And the other half yeah. is in the car. Right. So you, I yeah, think you got no, everything no, no. covered you, right now. If you look at my Instagram, you'll find some. So. Right. I was going to say, YouTube is a bad... You know. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> right? Well, Gwen, on Wild Black, we do what we call Wild Black shit. And okay. Art, brother, go ahead, do your thing. Man. I, I jumped all in. I'm sorry, Oh, brother. no, it's all good. It's all good, brother. You know how when it flows, it flows. So on our wild black shit, it's three questions, two of them okay. to get you warmed up, and the third one is our signature question. And I just modified one of the questions because now I know that you can sing. I like it. Oh, I no. like it. I like it. You ready? This, I shouldn't even say nothing. See? Uh, on the fly. You know, it was a little known fact. You know, we love we love little known facts. Plus, little you know, black, black folks never hold these little details against you. Never always. Correct. Never. <laughs> never. You just get you a, a drink of water and, you know, get your vocal cords ready. Uh-oh. <laughs> First question. First question. Uh-huh. Since you know a lot about hair care and hair care products and, and you've, you've innovated in this space, uh-huh. real, real important question. Which burn is the worst, that of a hot comb or that of some curling irons or flat irons? Oh, I'm going to say the hot comb. That brings back so many memories. Being in my mama's kitchen when I was a little girl, I probably still have some scars on my ear, back of my ear and my neck somewhere from those days. So I'm going to say the hot comb because the experiences that I've had with the curling iron were always, as a little girl, were always in the salon. Right. And so the professionals were doing it, you know, so I didn't really have to worry about it too much. But at home... You know, you had the actual fire from the stove, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> not just the little machine that warmed it up. So, yes, definitely the hot comb. And then don't you dare yelp or <laughs> holler. <laughs> <laughs> then you're going to be called tenderheaded yep. and told that it don't burn that bad. Like, girl, you just burn my whole face. Are you serious? At the same time, she's uh, snatching your hair out your scalp. Just to burn. <laughs> Yes. Man, the, the the things, the things they go through to look beautiful. Man, I just... Mm-hmm. All right, but I'm, I'm interested to see how you tweak number two. I can't wait to hear this. All right, so check the, check this out. So this is what I want you to do. You have to pick out what are the three top black movies, period, on your list. Now, oh my God. This, is, this is the switch up, though. Out of those three movies, you got to pick one song... And sing at least the hook of the song. I'm with that. Hey, I approve this message. So I'm not <laughs> going to be singing today, but <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Or look, or that you could even you could even harmonize. Okay, so let me think about the top three movies. Oh my gosh, this is so hard. I feel like this is, you know, black folks. If you don't pick right. <laughs> Mm, ain't that the truth? Matter of fact, here's the thing. You really can't pick right because somebody's going to have a problem no matter what yeah. you say. Unless yeah. there's one movie that we all can agree on. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute, I'm sure. Okay. So I'm going to say, I'm going to go with Love Jones. I feel like that's a safe pick. I feel like Love Jones is a safe pick. I feel like there's almost no one who would disagree. Okay. Yeah, that's a gold star. Gold star. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. Okay, okay, okay. okay. So Love Jones is my first pick. Um, ah, yeah, yeah. Coming to America. Okay. I'm going to say it's my second. And ah, my third. But one of my favorite movies is She Hate Me. Um, she Hate Me is actually, is low-key good. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's that's I a hell of a she movie. It's, it just hit Netflix again, as a matter of fact. Sure did. I, I saw it pop it up and enough. was like, What? Yeah, I don't think it gets enough love, and I don't think it's talked about in this kind of conversation enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go with "She Hate Me." 
Okay. Hmm. All right, brother. And I don't that? know any songs from any of them. Well, I do know one song from Love Jones. I'm, I'm about to say, say, I know damn well you know some <laughs> songs from Love Jones. Look, I was going to say, uh, what's the soundtrack to She Hate Me? What's, what tracks are on that? I don't know. I don't, I don't think either. the soundtrack was very popular. Look, I'm, I'm thinking about Penny with a hole in it. That's the only <laughs> song I know from Love Jones. <laughs> 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 but yeah. And you don't feel so inclined? I'm just, it, it, I don't. It didn't even hit you? I, no, it's not today. Goodbye, I, don't, I don't even know any of the words except for the penny with a hole with it part. Mm, sorry, it's been it so long. To <laughs> you can hum it. You can you can hum. We can you know. Why y'all trying to pressure me? Uh, <laughs> black folks don't apply. No pressure, pressure. We don't even know what peer pressure is around here. Sure don't. <laughs> Bro, what's your three? Who needs an alarm in the morning? When McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles. And a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Oh, man. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And, um, I mean, number one, I'm shocked, appalled, and offended that she didn't include this one, but <clears throat> the best black movie, <laughs> hell, the best movie ever made, everybody knows it for me, The Five Heartbeats, without question. That's, that is, oh, yes. The, you see that reaction? That is a fantastic, yes. The Five that is like a musical. Heartbeats. Yeah, The Five Heartbeats is really good. Beautiful. Um, Another little known fact. Yeah. Did you what you saying on the, the on that? <laughs> no, that's not the little known fact. Okay. The little known fact is that my high school sweetheart, his sister is actually in that movie. Does she play the little girl? girl? Oh, okay. I thought no, she no, played no, the little singing extra. girl. No, 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 but she was in that movie. That is my favorite wow. movie, hands down. Matter of fact, it's my first, second, and third. So the five heartbeats, the five heartbeats. And then, actually, the one after that is The Making of the Five Heartbeats. <laughs> mm-hmm. You love it that much. Man, that movie is awesome. All right. Let's get to this third question. This is a signature question, a question we ask every Uh-oh. single guest. And every single guest gives us a unique and distinct answer that is always centered around this, this thing. What do you love most about life while Black? I love that I... Well, my particular life while Black, I love that I am enabled to be fully me without having to dumb down my Blackness. Mm. Um, I serve a community of women that appreciates my Blackness and finds beauty in my Blackness, and we celebrate each other's Blackness. My audience is primarily Black women, and so I don't have to dumb myself down or you know, show up to work a certain way. Um, they get me with my bamboo earrings, at least two pair. You know, they, <laughs> they get all of that, you know. And um, I love that about my life while Black that I... And, and also I love that um, because I am an entrepreneur and my a lot of my life centers around what I do. My son, who is now nine years old, he gets to see that. he. I've had this business since he was one and a half or two. So he doesn't really remember me ever having like a real quote unquote job. Right. Um, and so for years, he thought all, all parents owned businesses. Um, but he gets to see me show up every day and serve these people being authentically Black. And so it enables him to feel like he can be himself as well. I love that. My question is to you, did you did you feel like singing the hook to Around the Way Girl when you dropped them lyrics on us? <laughs> she did um, throw it right, up. She it. did. Like, it's hard to make the like, hottie stop, but she won't even start. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> it, the spirit didn't hit, it, it didn't hit me this time. That's but cool. That's cool. Maybe no, next time. I, I did want to We're going to have to get you in the studio. That's what it is. Yeah. We got to get you in Atlanta. Up. 
I'm in Atlanta often, actually. Mm-hmm. I know. Um, I think the last time so, we were going to record, I think maybe COVID hit like right as if something happened and we couldn't yeah. get in the studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, look, we don't normally ask questions here, but you said something that I do want to ask a question about before we get back to our regular schedule. You mentioned mm-hmm. something that I think is key and powerful and everyone can't do it. You mentioned like being your authentic self, being your whole self. Do you have any advice for the people listening who want to also do that? Because I'm sure when you said that, someone's like, mm, I don't know how to do that. I wish I could do that. How, how do you do that? Oh, that's tough. Um, I don't want to have this, this to have to be the case, but sometimes you have to, you know, we live in a world where we have to play the role sometimes yeah. um, to get to where we need to go. And um, I just remember the other day, my nephew is... Um, of driving age now, and I was teaching him how to drive, and we were driving around neighborhoods. And as we were driving around, we happened to come across some houses, and these houses were like gorgeous houses. Right. And so, of course, we're like looking at these houses, and these got to be like five million dollar houses. And so we're passing by, and he's driving kind of slow because we're trying to look at the houses. And I was like, "B, you can't drive slow around here. They're gonna be like, who are these black people?" Yep. And he was like, "You know, that's so fucked up." I was like, it is. It is. You know, he was like, because if there was white people, nobody would think twice. And I was like, I know, but we They can't. come out and tell you about the school system. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was like, we we can't. So I'm like, we can drive and look, but you can't be slowing down. They can think we're casing the, casing the, the neighborhood or something. Mm-hmm. And so, um, unfortunately, we live in, in that kind of world where that is the case. I the advice the only advice that I can provide is that if you are able to um, be someone who works and is able to live in a in a space like I do where you can be your authentic self, I think representation matters. Yeah. And so when we see other people being able to do it, then it empowers and enables others to feel like they can do the same. Like I just mentioned about my son, you know, we live in the suburbs and he goes to a school where he is the minority, but he's, he also sees me every day showing up and serving women who look like him, who have sons who look like him. And so I take him with me. If even when he was little, I'll take him with me to, to some business meetings because he needs to see that he needs to see his mom be a boss and her be a black woman in a room with white men and call the shots. And so when he gets older, he feels like he can still be himself. He can show up however he shows up and he can do the same. And so I think, again, if you're able to be that, just be that so that other people who aren't able to are able to feel empowered in that. I think that's, that's great advice. And it's really, it's, it's an unfair question, just being honest, because only so much of that can you develop on your own? Some of it is situational, some of it is about your environment. And whereas we can create environment, it's not always an easy lift to, to do that. We had a conversation the other day on Wild Black, and one of our guests mentioned um, he had reached a level in his career and, a, and a, a certain level on the corporate ladder that allowed him to be who he really was. And one of his fears was that, because he worked in black spaces as well, one of his fears was that as people watched and emulated him, he was concerned about leading them in the wrong direction. And the reason being was because the freedom and the flexibility to be authentically himself that he had earned and because of the space Mm -hmm. that he worked in, if someone were to emulate that at a lower level of their career and not be in that protected space, it could very well hinder their progression simply because of the systems that surround us. That's something I want to dig into more at a later time. Hey, Wild Black listeners, I know we're having a great conversation today. I want to break and give you a quick word from one of our sponsors. Listen, y'all, the presidential election is coming up soon, and I don't have to tell you what's at stake. I don't have to tell you how important it is, but what I can tell you is if we don't pay attention to our history, well, you know the rest. And that's why what I'm about to tell you is so important. I want you to check out a new podcast. It's called 6020, the election of 1960, and it's Echoes Today. And it tells the story of the Kennedy campaign and how it influenced American campaigns since. The series covers the 1960 campaign from the primaries through election night, highlighting key moments and lesser-known stories in the race leading up to the final vote, and how JFK and his team worked to win over black voters who were skeptical of his commitment to civil rights. Sounds kind of familiar, right? 
6020 also gives listeners a sense of what was happening in America during this pivotal time as sit-ins and other demonstrations against racial segregation swept through the country. Again, something that should sound really familiar. I can't stress to you enough the importance of understanding our history and where we've been. So go listen to 6020, the election of 1960 and its echoes today, wherever you listen to your podcast at. And now let's get back to our episode. But now I'm going to zoom back online with where we're going. And I'm going to bring in our dope quote, which oddly enough kind of ties to what you just said in a way. Um, so as we talk today, one of the things that I expect to fully come out of this interview is the fact that fear cannot be the barrier to our progress. Um, I have a feeling that at some point in your progression of creating Naturalicious, you were dealing with fear. You may still be dealing with fear today, but had you not overcome that fear, had you not pushed past that fear, you would not have found the success that was on the other side. So today's quote comes from Michelle Obama, and it says, you can't make decisions based on fear and the possibility of what might happen. Again, you can't make decisions based on fear and the possibility of what might happen. Gwen, when you hear that, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Well, you know, the, the one thing that I always say is a quote, and it goes, waiting is not a wealth strategy. Mm. And so I think that a lot of times we're waiting around for the right opportunity for for whatever reason. It might be, you know, we're waiting on the kids to grow up and get out the house. We're waiting for the next, raise that we're going to get at the job. We're waiting, waiting, waiting for whatever the thing is. And I feel like waiting is just rooted in fear. Mm. And that because you cannot ever succeed unless you just jump off the cliff and just make it happen. You yeah. know, you jump off the cliff and you just build your parachute on the way down, which I've heard Steve Harvey say so many times, yep. but it's so true. Um, because what normally happens is when you're when you're waiting on the right opportunity, and I use right in air quotes, something else happens when that moment comes and yep. there's something else and now you're waiting again and you're just waiting and waiting and waiting and you're fearful that if you do this before you're quote-unquote ready, then it's all going to fall apart. Yeah. But what's for you is for you when it's for you. So, you know, you waiting around is just delaying your wealth and wealth can come in all sorts of forms, financial, yeah. spiritual, emotional, personal, what have you. So you're delaying the wealth that you that's on the other side for what? Yeah. You know? We're waiting on an ideal situation, but ideal situations don't exist. Exactly. Thank you for that. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And and hopefully someone took something from that because I am sure that there was someone out there who just said today, well, I'm just waiting for this next bonus or I'm just waiting for mm -hmm. this to happen. And like, stop waiting because even when that bonus comes, something else is coming with it. Hell, today I, I found I had to pay $3,000 to replace my garage door. I wasn't expecting that. It that damn sure ain't ideal. Well, Gwen, we're going to jump into the core of this interview, and I'm going to break it down into three sections. Section one is going to be the business behind the business. Section two is going to be the business that is the business. And section three is going to be the business of bettering or inspiring those who are in earshot of you. Are you ready? Absolutely. Great. So jumping into the business behind the business, I want to start with, there are hair care companies out there that are succeeding and that are performing. What was it that happened to you, through you, around you that caused you to, as we just said, jump out there? Or what need did you see that wasn't being met that caused you to take those first steps? Well, was a couple things. So first and foremost, I started my company not as a company. It was really designed to just be a hobby something I had done for myself. I had just seen Chris Rock's Good Hair movie and I was pregnant with my son at the time and I saw him take a soda can and he stuck it into this jug of hair relaxer. And at the time I was also relaxing my hair. The can disintegrated within like 45 minutes. And I thought to myself in that moment, oh my gosh, if it if a relaxer can disintegrate a metal can, what is it going to do to my baby? Mm. You know, because I know that our skin is porous. So anything you put onto your skin has the ability to potentially go into your bloodstream and affect your inner workings of your body. And all I could think of was my unborn child and how it could just like eat at his flesh. And right. I was just like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that we've been doing this for decades now. And 
no one has had this knowledge. So in that moment, I decided no more relaxers. I got to figure out what to do with my hair. This is at the very beginning of like what I call like the newer natural hair wave. Yeah. So, you know, we had the natural hair in the 70s and it's like the the newer one, right? The neo, <laughs> neo wave, right? Absolutely. And so um, this is at the beginning of that. So this is around the time when like the only place you could find hair, black hair products was like Carol's Daughter. Right. right. That was the only brand that was really, and that, that was only nine years ago, guys. That wasn't even like that's crazy. Twenty years ago, that. that was wow. Shea Moisture wasn't around in abundance like it is now. Right. And the only place that you could really, only brand that we really had was Carol's Daughter. So if you couldn't find Carol's Daughter, you were just out of luck. Right. Um, you had to use some juices and berries or something. <laughs> and so, um, I remember going to the local Whole Foods store, and I. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Was like, you know, let me find something that I can use here. And again, keep in mind, this is before Target, Friday, Walmart, all these different places had these products. You have to go to like a health food store. So go there. And I'm looking for products that are organic and natural. So I find some stuff. None of it's really made for our hair, right? So I find it, get it home, try it. It is organic, it is natural, but my hair looks horrible. I mean, like absolutely ridiculous. You know, black women, we got to have our cake and eat it too. We can't just have healthy hair and be out here looking like you got a burst that's on your head. So I said, okay, let me, this isn't going to work. Let me try and figure it out myself. So I get home and I start looking through my cabinets and my pantry and I say, okay, well, I got some olive oil here. I got some shea butter here. I got some mayonnaise, you know, whatever. And I start putting things together. It's not awesome, but it's not horrible. So I call my mom up and I say, mommy, who is it? By the way, she's a master herbalist. So I call her up and I say, I'm trying to make my hair look really good. I don't really know what I'm doing with this natural hair thing. You know, what can I do? What can I combine with all these different steps that I've put together? to make my hair look good. So she gives me some suggestions and it leads me down a rabbit hole to where I find this ingredient called Rasul clay. Mm-hmm. It only comes from Morocco. So I sent off for it and it took me forever to get it. So I finally get it and i mixed it with all the other stuff I had put together. And for the first time in my entire life, not just my adult life, my entire life, it was like the gates of heaven had opened and I had this whole entire euphoric feeling an experience with my hair. It was the first time that I actually loved my hair. Mm. And I didn't even realize that it was the first time until that moment. I had never experienced my hair look so good, feel so good. And but something that came out of me, something that came out of my head, looked that great. I had always grown up with the hot comb, going to the salon every week, getting depressed, lied, fried, dyed, laid to side, and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. And... um. You know, I just remember having a relaxer at, at nine years old. And by this time I was in my late 20s. And it was the very first time that I loved what I saw when it came to my hair. So I started just making it for myself. And it wasn't designed to be a business at all. But then friends started asking for it. And I started giving it to them. My family started asking for it. started giving it to them. Next thing I know, friends of friends are asking for it. So now I got to charge them because I got to cover my costs, right? So it's <laughs> right. still not... It's still not a business. It's just like, I'm just, I need you to cover my jars and my bottles and stuff. So all this is going on for a little while. And I get, I find myself in this abusive marriage. And I'm just like, you know what? This is not what I signed up for. I'm not about this life. I don't, I'm better than this. So I'm out. So I left that marriage. And 18, this is 18 months later. So I get out of that marriage. And as we're going through the through the divorce, I get laid off from my job. Wow. 30 days before my divorce is final. So I get laid off from my job and I was the breadwinner. So at the time I was the global digital communications director at Ford. So I've got this big job, making pretty good money, making over six figures. Right. But I'm paying for my divorce and my ex-husband's side of the divorce. Uh-huh. So I literally have no money. And during the divorce process, I'm also now suddenly a single mother. My family lives out of state. So I've got $32, no lie, $32 in the bank. And I get laid off 
worst time in the world to not have any money. And I'm still trying to pay my divorce attorney. So the day I got laid off from my job was March 4th of 2013. And that is the same day that Naturalicious turned from a hobby into a business. Mm. Because in that moment, it was like, I have to find something that can legally and morally support my child. Um, And this is literally the only thing I can make money on today, like right now. I didn't have time to go find a headhunter, find a job, do the interview process, go through all the interviews and blah, blah, blah. I needed money that day. And so I had already, little little did I know, I already had proof of concept. Because remember, I told you that people were buying it and they wanted it. And I didn't even know that like all of that was preparing me for actually running, having to run a business and not even know that I was going to have to start running a business. So that's really how Naturalicious got started. Wow. $32. That is, that's a specific amount and that is not much to get started, which actually not leads very nicely. Thank you for that bridge to my next question. We hear people talk all the time about not having the money, not having the know-how. And what they're really saying is I don't have the, the strategy or the resources. But mm-hmm. you worked in digital marketing for Ford, it sounds like. You were not mm-hmm. a hair care expert. You were going through a stressful time and you had $32. Break down how you went from there to where you are now. Just give us a few steps for, for those people who also may have $32 and don't feel they know the way forward. This is a great question because people always ask me when I tell them that I started with $32, they always say, I need the book, girl. I need to know what's the prayer. Tell me what you did. <laughs> tell me what you did. And I tell them, um, well, I, I do have a lot of faith. Um, and my first thought was that there is no way that God was going to bring me to this if he wasn't prepared to lead me through it. Say that. That was my first thought. And so I was like, I know you ain't let me. Leave this crazy man only to let me fail, (laughs) right? So um, I knew in my mind that there was something greater. So I just kind of kept that perspective. I'm I'm a very optimistic person anyway. So I just felt like there was something better coming for me. The other thing is that you also have to do the work because faith without works is dead, right? Right. So completely. So my son was one and a half at this point. He was really cute and little and everything. And there was an open air market where I live near Detroit. And I would take him every day with me to the open air market. It's called Eastern Market. I would go to Eastern Market and I would take him, one, because I didn't have a babysitter and I couldn't afford one, and two, because he was cute and he would attract people to the table. So here's the thing. Strategy. You have, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. People are always waiting for permission. Stop waiting for permission to do stuff. Just do it, mm. right? Like I was saying, waiting is not a wealth strategy. So at Eastern Market, you're supposed to pay for a booth, pay for a space. I had no money. So I just showed up and pretended I was supposed to be there. And I figured <laughs> the worst they was going to do was tell me to leave. That's right. Like, what was, what's, the, what's the worst that's going to happen, right? The worst is that they're going to say, you're not supposed to be here. You haven't paid. You got to go. Okay, well, by that time, maybe I will have made some money um, before they kick me out, right? (laughs) And so I would just show up and I had a little table that I had at my house in the garage and I just took it and I showed up and I I took a space and I pretended like I was supposed to be there. And no one asked me, are you supposed to be there? I just did it. And I had my little cloth and no one ever came by and kicked me out. Wow. And so... I would take my son and people, of course, would come over and say, oh, my gosh, he's so cute. How old is he? And I would, you know, kind of pimp him out a little bit (laughs) and use him to drive people to my table. And then once I got them to the table, I would tell them about my products. And I would tell them that I had created this revolutionary system, which I had. And it was three products that delivered the results of 12 products in just three steps and it would save them over 80% of the time that they were spending on their hair and give them better results in the process. And I was, I've always been very transparent and very authentic. People do business with people that they like, know, and they, people, people do business with people that they like, know, and trust. Yeah. And I would tell them, I was like, look, I, this is, this is my product. This is my son. I just got divorced. I just got laid off from my job. And I decided to start a company. And they were like, wow, that's really brave of you. And I was like, yeah, well, it was kind of like the only option. (laughs) So we would have like a little joke about that. And they would start to really just gravitate toward me. 
and they would buy my products and I would sell out every week. And um, I would use that money to pay my bills at the house. And then whatever was left over, I would use it to buy more raw materials. So that kept us afloat for a while. And again, I didn't have an investor. I didn't have a loan. I didn't have anybody helping me. Um, no family was like funding my my mission here. It was right. just, I showed up, you know, I did the work. And my 32, it didn't matter that I only had $32 because I already had product made. I didn't have to pay for a table because I just showed up and everything I made was profit. And so I did that for a while. And then there was a whole food store that was opening in Detroit. This was a big deal at the time because there were no whole foods in urban areas. This right. is the first time that a whole foods was going to be in like a food desert and they were eliminating a food desert. So this was national news. It was everywhere. CNN, USA Today, everywhere. And I just remember thinking, man, if I could get my product into Whole Foods, that would validate my brand to so many people. Because right now, you know, I'm speaking as as if I had just started, you know, when I go to people, I'll say, oh, I own a hair company. Right. They're like, oh, that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's cute. You do that for fun? Right. Oh, <laughs> we'll like, we'll hey, come by the well. house and help you out. We'll stir some. Yeah, I got you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But if you say you're in Whole Foods, then it's like, oh, wait a minute. She's like, for real. You oh, know? you're so, real around here. You ain't playing. Exactly. So I just like, let me get in Whole Foods. So quick quick question before you jump into that. Mm-hmm. As you begin to get in, into Whole Foods, um, and we don't need sales figures, but just from a from a units number, what 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 numbers of units were you moving at that point? And 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 I'll explain why, why I'm because what I want to the story I want to tell for people is that you don't have to be selling millions and millions to go from your kitchen to a test kitchen to a co-packing facility. You don't have to be doing all that to get into retail. So I want to kind of draw that line. So what were those numbers looking like before Whole Foods? It wasn't a whole lot, right? But it was enough to pay the bills. So I'm going gotcha. to say we were probably selling in a day, probably like. 20, 30 jars nice. of stuff. Nice. You know, it wasn't like a whole lot. Right. You know, and that wasn't every day. Right. That was the days that the open air market was available, which right. was like three three days a week. So, you know, that's how I started. Makes sense. Go, sorry, go back to your story about how you, how you get into Whole Foods. So we're selling, I'm selling a, a few, you know, items here and there. Again, enough to make my mortgage payment, enough to pay my car note at the time, enough to buy more raw materials, right? And so... I just remember the fear that we talked about earlier, the fear of what if Whole Foods doesn't accept me? What if I get to the meeting with Whole Foods? How, first of all, how am I even going to get a meeting with Whole Foods? Who am I? Like I'm this little company in my basement. Right. Whole Foods is behemoth. And I just remember thinking that. And you know how in some of the football movies, I kid you not, some of the football movies, you'll see them like in the locker room, right? Right. And they'll just be like beating their chest like, humming or something like, mm, like just trying to rub themselves up. That was me. You'll do that, but you in won't sing kitchen. for us. I'm holding that against you. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> so that was me in my kitchen trying to like get get the gumption up to even figure out who I should talk to at Whole Foods. And so there was no building at the time. There was just, it was ground zero. They were actually building the building from scratch. Right. So I had to call around to the different Whole Foods in the area to try and figure out who wants to talk to again? When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Just be resourceful. A lot of times people don't start stuff because they, they can't move because they're not resourceful enough. Right. right? They're, a lot of times you're waiting like, well, I got to wait until the store opens. Why? Call around. See who you can find, you know? So I called around, got the runaround for a minute. Yeah. So I'm like, great. I got the meeting with Whole Foods. So I'm still nervous. I'm still scared because at the time, and our packaging our looks bad. That's the only word I could come up with for it. I mean, it looked like somebody had created it in their bedroom because they had. That was me. And I am not a graphic designer, but you got to start somewhere, right? right? I had white bottles with 
white labels with these little like colored dots that would let you know what product it was. Right. And at the time it seemed it sounded like it looked good to me, but in retrospect it was it was it was trash. So but plus you were trying to up level you, at this point. Yeah. yeah. And you know how when you go to like a conference, sometimes at the conference they have the lunch boxes that like the sandwich and all that kind of stuff comes in? Yeah. The little white box. That's what my stuff came in. Like, I literally went to the restaurant depot <laughs> and bought those boxes for my products. It had a little label on front that said Naturalicious, right? So it was bad. Right. But nevertheless, I was proud of my little creation, right? So I get to the meeting and the guy is late. He's like two hours late. Wow. He's like mad late. And mind you, I'm still... So on the struggle bus here financially. Right. So I finally got a babysitter to watch my son. And I'm up here looking at my watch like, if this man don't come on, I'm right. paying this babysitter by the hour. So he finally shows up and he's profusely apologetic. And he says, he's so sorry. Time got away from him. He said we, he had some colleagues come in from out of town and he did not even pay attention to what time it was. So he was so sorry. Wanted to know if I was okay with starting. I'm like, well, I've been seeing her all the time, of course. So... We go, we have the meeting. Now, I'm telling him about my products again. I tell him, it's three products, delivers the results of 12 products, gets you done in 80% less time with better results. Blah, blah, blah. He is a white male, bald head, mm-hmm. doesn't understand the struggle in the first place. He's Clueless. like, I don't see why y'all spend all this time on your hair anyway. And so I'm just like, I'm losing this guy. So I'm continuing to pitch. And he's, I can just tell, his, his, uh, he's just like waiting for this to be over. Right. Now, when I say what's for you is for you, when it's for you, is because of the story. So in that moment, in walks this Latina woman. She's got this head full of this big, big hair, long, flowy, not flowy, but like curly hair. And she asked very randomly, can I join this meeting? And you can see the look of relief on his face. Like, yes, please join the meeting. And so she comes in and I start to pitch all over. Now, she was the reason that he was late because she was the colleague and her teammates from out of town. She was actually Look at God. what they call the forager. Now, the forager at Whole Foods is the person who makes the ultimate buying decision. Yep. So he would have had to go to her anyway, but he, if it had just been me talking to him and then him going to her, he would have like, misrepresented the hell out of that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But she was there. And so I gave her the pitch and she was, she saw me like five minutes and she's like, you know what? I totally get it. I got all this hair. My daughters have the same hair. My husband is bald, so he doesn't and get it. And I have to wake up at five o'clock in the morning just to get everybody to work and school on time by eight. If I can get everybody's hair done and wake up at a reasonable hour, I will give you your first purchase order. So I gave her my I products and she said, she's going to call me in a week. She told me she's going to call me in a week. She called me in two days and was like, girl. <laughs> and she, she hit me with the girl. Right? She's like, girl. Look, you knew you was in there when she said that. <laughs> right. She's like, girl, this has completely changed everything. She's like, I was done with everybody in an hour. And I'm used to getting up at five to get everybody done by eight. She's like, I'm sending you your purchase order tomorrow. And I got the purchase order and I was our into Whole Foods. So I when that. I tell you that like what's for you is for you, it doesn't matter how ill-prepared you think you are. My packaging was trash. It looked horrible. I have some of it in my office just as a reminder of where I came from. <laughs> but it didn't matter that my packaging didn't look like everybody else's on the shelf. Right. All that mattered was that I showed up, right. that I didn't allow fear to hold me back. Because what if I hadn't gone to Whole Foods? Yeah. You know, or what if I had got scared when he first started showing signs of not not feeling it, and I just say, you know what, just forget it right. and just left. Had you had you, you lost know? your zeal in that, it would have truly been over. Exactly. Yeah. So just show up, just jump off the cliff and make it happen. I think that point is so important. Show up, do the work. What's for you is for you. Because anyone listening, it I'm going to say this, and and I and I, I do truly mean this. It is it is difficult to find your way to the buyers at some of these retail locations, right? Um, Whether Mm -hmm. you're talking about the individual store, whether you're talking about corporate. But I can tell you wholeheartedly from a lot of experience, if you do the work to show up and get to the buyers, that's a level that you've already impressed them because they recognize how difficult it is to get to them. And if you are persistent, Mm -hmm. if you know your story, if you know your data, if you know your numbers, if you know your value, you can begin to show that. And everyone won't get it, but all it takes is one person to get it. 
And it sounds like that's what you ran into with this this Latina woman. And thank God for her. Because mm-hmm. uh, it looks like it led to a whole lot of stuff. Yeah, I mean, even then it was just one store. But I milked it like it was every right. store. Right. I was like, y'all, we at Whole Foods. And it really did make, it validated my brand. Yeah, it's credibility. People. But even then, I still had to do the work. Yeah. And those stores network. So you get in that one store and you do a good job. There are other store managers, there are other buyers, there are corporate that are looking at the demographics and the sales. And they they also want strong sellers in other places. So if there's another market that matches the demographics there and you've done well in market A, they'll help pull you in market B. They have people who can help to invest in creative and help you with ideas and make connections for you so that, so that you can grow your business. If you have a, a hell of a product, there's a market for it. And there's someone who wants to help you make some money because they can make some money too. I want to I wanna move away from how you started the business. You know what? No, I don't. I have one more question. This is an important one I wanted to ask. So okay. Naturalicious was self-funded. But at some point after Whole Foods and after growth, you found your way into an accelerator program. Can you explain to our listeners what that program is or what an accelerator program is and then how you managed to partner with them? It's a program that you physically have to usually be at. So you have to go to whatever city it's in. So if you're in Detroit, luckily mine was in Detroit. I just had to go to a place in Detroit. But sometimes um, you'll be invited to an accelerator or you may apply to an accelerator that's in a different city. So in my accelerator, there was actually people from California. Right. They had to move to Detroit in order to participate. Um, but the idea is that this organization or program or whomever's putting it on is that you're in a space for a finite period of time, generally anywhere from six weeks to 12 weeks, but sometimes they can even last up to like 18, 18 months. Um, and they put you kind of like in a think tank, if you will, and you're exposed to all sorts of things that you wouldn't normally have exposure to on your own. And it's designed to help you literally accelerate your business faster than you would if you were to do it on your own. So you usually have to apply to an accelerator and Generally, in exchange for being a part of the accelerator, you typically get some money to help fund your business. Right. And they may or may not take a small amount of equity from your business in order to do that. Right. So the accelerator that I was in is called Backstage Accelerator. It's through Backstage Capital, which is a, um, a capital fund created by Arlen Hamilton, who is a phenomenal Black woman. Um, she created this fund specifically to target and help businesses that are what they call underestimated. That's what she calls them. Gotcha. Underestimated founders. And those generally are women, minorities, and LGBTQ. And we were in, I was in this accelerator for, I think it was 12 weeks. It was so intense. I mean, they connected us with so many investors. I got so many offers for acquisition. I got wow. tons of offers for investment. Um, we also were were um, given 100K to help fund the business on our own. In exchange, they took a small amount, of, very, very small amount of equity from, the, from each company as well. But it was literally like being in a like sorority or fraternity, like you know, you're on the line or something, you yeah. know, it was like, these people are people that I, the people who were in the salary with me are people who I will be friends with for life. They, we all went through the same stuff. We all had the same struggles. We all had the same tears because we had to run our businesses in addition to be being in this accelerator for like eight hours a day, you yeah. know? So the accelerated program was beneficial. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you want to be with winners, you know, you Absolutely. want to surround yourself with winners. Being an entrepreneur is, can, can be such a lonely game because quite frankly, most people around you probably aren't entrepreneurs, yeah. especially in our community. Yeah. Um, they and if they are it. entrepreneurs, they don't, yeah, they, like there's a difference of being a, a business owner, or entrepreneur, you know, do you have the right setup? Like there's so many people who are running quote unquote businesses, but they're not even set up properly, right. you know? <laughs> um, so you want to be around people who are actually winning and want to see you win. Right. Um, and accelerators can definitely help with that. And there's tons of different accelerators all around the country. So let's talk about natural issues itself a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Why are why are natural hair care products important? Oh well, because our hair is so has so much variety to it. There's we are. I always say this, and I every time I say it, people think that people have a chuckle, but I'm dead serious when I say it. We are the only African American, um, well, African from this diaspora 
we are the only group of people on the planet that have the ability and luxury and blessing of having short hair and long hair in the same day with no weave and no haircut. Literally. Like people always say shrinkage is real and the ladies <laughs> who are listening out there know what I'm talking about. But literally you can have someone whose hair is at their ear and sometimes they may pull that joint down and they be down to their bra strap. Like how? <laughs> you are so right. It's, so it's amazing. Right. It is so amazing. And you know, I hear so many of my, this is one reason why I do what I do. So many of my sisters, they, they complain about this. And I'm like, girl, if you don't understand how many people want to look like you and have that option, variety is a slice of life. Like you can literally show up one day with your hair short and then leave in, you know, for work and then go out for date night and have this long hair. You never even got a weave. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> but I, <laughs> but natural hair products are so important because we don't have products that are, we haven't traditionally had products that are made for us. And now in this day and age, we actually have so many black owned companies that are creating products truly for black hair. Now we've had a lot of products targeted to us, right? but most of those products weren't made for us. right? If we look at studies, we can see even today, the vast majority of black product, tar- products that are targeted to black women are full of carcinogens, endocrine disruptors, and things like that. They are targeting us with these harmful, damaging chemicals. You can Google it. You can look it up. It is very well known, you know? And so one of the things that I'm constantly preaching is, look, I don't care if it's Naturalicious or if it's some other brand. Look right. at those ingredients. Right. I'm, I'm glad you brought up ingredients. So I want to I wanna ask a little bit about if you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. What is a natural product anyway? Right? What, what does that really mean? Because I, I know, at least the last time I, I remember reading about it, the industry wasn't necessarily regulated. So what equates to a natural product? And then what what limits and compositions do you use to keep yourself in what in what's considered natural? Ideally, a natural product is something that doesn't have any harmful, damaging chemicals. Right. So when someone says, there's, there's a ton of misconceptions about what natural should be or what it has to be. Right. Quite frankly, if you buy a product in a store, it's going to have to have some kind of chemical in it because right. it has to have a preservative. Right. You do not want to pick up, yeah, you don't want to pick up your shampoo at home and you got green mold coming out of it because it wasn't preserved, you know, so safety first. So you're going to have some kind of chemical to keep it on the shelf for a period of time, Um, unless you're DIYing it yourself at home. Right. But the vast, outside of the preservative, you want your natural product, if it's going to be classified as natural, it doesn't have anything that's harmful and damaging to the body. And people, the next question people always ask is, well, how do I know? So here's a tip I'm going to give everybody. There's a website. It's called the EWG.org. That's Environmental Working Group. Okay, so Environmental Working Group, EWG.org slash Skin Deep. Any ingredient that you ever want to know about, all you got to do is type it into there and it will tell you everything you want to know about that ingredient. That's awesome. It'll tell you if it's good, bad, or indifferent. Yep, it'll tell you if it's good, bad, or indifferent. It'll actually even give you a rating. It'll say if it's between one and I think it's one and two, then it's totally safe, perfect to use. You should be looking for it in your ingredients. If it's a three to five, it's okay as long as it's using limited quantities. So, for example, that might be a preservative, right? So it's good, you know, in limited quantities. You don't want to have a whole bottle of preservative. And then anything over, I believe, six is considered, is red. So that's considered, you know, you should stay away from that. You don't want that in your in your stuff. What words of inspiration do you have to share with the young king or queen or even older king and queen who's listening to you right now? There's a quote that I heard years ago, and it goes like this. Do not try to tell me that the sky is the limit when we have footprints on the moon. Ooh, I love that. I've never heard that, but that is so dope. <laughs> like that quote has always stuck with me because, you know, they always say, sky is the limit, do whatever, you know. 
think about it. There's footprints on the moon, so there are literally no limits to anything. Everything is working in your favor all the time. The thing is, though, you have to, in order for you to manifest what you want, you have to believe that you're worthy of it. Mm. You can say all day, you know, I really want to be a millionaire. I really want to have a big house. I really want to help all these people. But if you don't believe that you can do it and that it's it's already in process for you, you'll never get it. So it's very similar to faith, with, faith without works is dead. Yeah. So I would say, believe that you are worth you are worthy and you are worth it, whatever it is and whatever worthiness you feel like you want. You have to believe it. And of course, put in the work to make it happen. Don't just sit around and wish, but truly believe it. Like, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but Michael Jackson, what's that Matt, that um album that he had that sold all, was it Thriller? Thriller. I think it was a Thriller album. Thriller was the biggest That sold one. all those albums that like broke all those records. Michael Jackson actually would write on his mirror every day that he was going to be the biggest selling artist of all time before that ever came out. Manifestation. And he manifested that. You know, he believed that he was worthy of it and he was worth it and that it was going to happen. And then he obviously put in the work to make it happen. So put in the work, believe it, trust it. The universe is always working in your favor. All right. The very last question. And... This episode will drop amongst a series of other episodes I do toward mm-hmm. educating, inspiring, and just making better our Black women, right? Mm-hmm. And this question I'm asking of every single person in this series, it's not deep. It's just kind of fun. So if self-care is like an orchestra and hair care a symphony, then what instrument in the orchestra would naturalicious be? I would say naturalicious is the cello. Why? Because I'm not going to choose like the violin, which is a more celebrated instrument. I'm not going to choose the flute, which may be more recognizable in when a uh, symphony is playing. I'm going to choose a cello because it kind of plays the background, right? So the reason I say that is because naturalicious, the, the whole way that our products work is that they're designed to fit into your life as opposed to consume your life, which Mm. is what most products do. Most products force you to have to spend hours on your hair. You're spending all day. The struggle is real. It's a whole chore, so forth and so on. The cello, cello is very subtle. You know, it plays the background, but it makes up. Like without the cello, like a lot of the baseline isn't there, right? So, and the baseline is kind of what kind of, keeps the the symphony moving forward. Right. So you don't always recognize it, but if it's not there, you miss it. It's definitely recognizable if you, if it's if you miss it, right? right. And so um I'm going to say the cello because we we fit into your life. We're not like, you know, out here like it's because of us that you that you shine, girl. We we want you to shine, but we want you to shine and we just want to support your glow. Like we always say that we create products that like you're already perfect. There's nothing that you need to change. Your beauty is amazing the way it is. We create products that help you glow and help you shine brighter. I love and that's it. what the cellos do. We compliment you. That is so beautiful. Exactly. And I have enjoyed the hell out of myself during this time. I know Art's connection snapped earlier, so we lost him. Um, oh no. But as we close, I just wanted to give you the opportunity to tell the Wild Black listeners how to follow you, how to keep up with you, where to learn more about your products, and then we can be out. Hey, Wild Black listeners. Okay, so you can find us on our website at naturalicious.net. I'm pretty sure it'll be in the show notes how to spell it. Sure will. Um, but naturalicious.net is where you can find us. You can uh, we also actually have hand sanitizer at this time. If y'all need it, be safe out there. We got you. Yeah. Um, but we are most known for our hair products, of course. And so you can find our three-step system on our website. We also have um, our Spanish almond regrowth oil, which is the best-selling growth oil at Ulta, actually. You can find that on our website as well. Uh, if you are looking for us in stores, you can find us at Ulta. You can also find us at Sally Beauty and um, you can find us at Whole Foods as well. 
You can also follow us on Instagram at naturalicious underscore beauty. And while you're on our website, I encourage you to take our quiz. It's a three-question quiz. It will tell you everything you could ever want to know about your hair in about 60 seconds or less. Um, And you can find that on our website, again, which is naturalicious.net. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Gwen, I appreciate you. I thank you. And I look forward to meeting you in person and getting you in the studio. That's what I really want. We we are a studio podcast, and I love it. <laughs> so when you get back to Atlanta, let's make sure to reconnect and get in the studio. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It has been such a pleasure talking to you today. And uh, I, I feel the same. I can't wait to meet you uh, next time I'm in the ATL. Sounds like a plan. All right. All right. Wild Black. Have a great day. We out. Peace. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's.